0: Uh, hello, welcome to Why Politics. My name is Adi Rehan and today I'm joined by a special guest. Uh, we have Matt Sheedy. Matt, you want to say hello? Uh, I'm
1: Matt Sheedy. I'm a junior, Eshpag, and diehard conservative.
0: Okay. Trump 2020. All right, all right. <laughs> and um, I, the issue of the week is uh, immigration. So the topic of immigration is a contentious topic, uh, specifically speaking uh, in regards to the United States, and it's a contentious topic uh, that has many different nuances to it, sides that don't always get along, and it's still something that we see as a problem, whether you see illegal immigration as a problem or whether you see uh, restrictions on asylum-seeking uh, the Trump administration really recently uh, brought restrictions on people for seeking asylum, and some people see that as a problem. So on both sides of the issue, you see problems. You see different problems, but you see problems, and it's an issue that uh, you don't really uh, get uh, resolution into, but uh, this week I want to talk about uh, immigration uh, from the perspective to people who see it very differently. So in regards to immigration, I guess the best way to start a talk or a debate on the issue is to get a sense of where each person stands. And so let me begin by asking a question. Matt, where do you think or what do you think the problem is with immigration today in America? Um. I'd like to start
1: by saying that I have no problem with new people coming to our country. I think immigration is great. I think especially legal immigration is great for us and our country has been built on it. But I think the U.S., I think the most important thing is to have a secure border and to crack down on the illegal immigration as it costs taxpayers a ton of money It, the welfare systems are completely messed up because of it.
0: School systems are suffering. Um, um. So, okay. Um, When talking about immigration, you, I feel like you talk about how it affects the people who are already here negatively. And so let me give you uh, my perspective before we move on. So I do see a problem with the immigration system, but I don't see as much of a problem with illegal immigration right now. What I do see a problem with is people who are running away and having to come through the border. I see an issue with them seeking asylum and moving into the legal system in a better uh, streamlined way. I see a problem with how we treat immigrants And I see a problem of us versus them in the debate of immigration. there's definitely a
1: problem of the way we treat immigrants, Americans as as a whole. Like, we
0: don't really, like, change too much. And that's just human nature. But, yeah, and America was built as a country for immigrants. And uh, the problem I see today is that uh, I see an increased amount of xenophobia, of racism, of fear being talked or driven into the minds of people in regards to immigrants about how they steal jobs and how they steal educational opportunities. I don't see that in that light. Um, And I see it as an issue that has been, in a way, overblown in terms of uh, the problem itself of the argument being made, oh, they're coming over the border walls and, you know, they're coming by the thousands. There's caravans coming across the border. I just don't see how that is I mean, true. It, 66% of the wall is, like, unfenced.
1: So that, that's a huge wide-open door. The way I, I, I like to put it is, like, imagine, imagine just leaving the front door of your house wide open when you're when you go to school or work, and you
0: don't know who's going to come in, what's going to come out. Well, th- in regards to that, I mean, I'd like to, before I get into that that argument, I would say that uh, the argument of leaving the front door unlocked. Um, that sixty six percent, although that is uh, true, I'm not really sure if it's accurate or not. I can it's look that up one thousand two hundred and seventy nine miles, um, but. I would have to say that a lot of the border with Mexico is uh, pretty mountainous, and not just mountainous, yeah. there's like the Rio Grande River, and it's pretty difficult to cross a lot of different points. Well, I'm not but saying there, that's impossible. There is footage
1: of points where you can literally drive across the border.
0: Yeah, and that that might be the case, but I but um, a lot of the area there is not really traversable it's yeah you can get like the, the Rio grande yeah, and, and then mountains and also uh although it's not the most secure border we do have great security forces and they do their best job the the border with mexico in regards to people crossing it we don't see as much as many people as some people would like to us to believe in terms of the argument made by, let's say, the president right now that, you know, people are just streaming across.
1: We can only estimate the number of people and, like, drugs um, coming across.
0: The figure, like, I think he said that, oh, there's 30 million illegal crossings. I can't remember the exact figure that Donald Trump... Yeah, that was completely inaccurate. Really, there aren't that many people streaming across. In fact, we see... Uh, illegal immigration actually is more of an issue of people coming from planes yeah. and overstaying their visas. I, the,
1: I, the way I see it, with a secure border, we won't be putting all this res- resources and time into the, like the actual border. And we can focus on the other points of entry where
0: most of it is being done. And so, I mean, I don't disagree with you about border security. It's an important thing but let's talk about the wall cuz the wall is a, an issue that the trump administration has brought time t- time and time again and has tried to seek funding for it hasn't been successful at funding the wall building it in trump's vision but the idea has been central to Donald trump's campaign whether it was the slogan build the wall um or it was uh, Yeah, that Trump's. definitely resonated with a lot of yeah. Americans. Uh, but, I mean, you can t- we can talk about two parts to that argument. One is that the border wall is pretty ineffective in terms of deterring immigrants, and, or not just immigrants, illegal immigrants or asylum seekers. Um, and two, a border wall would cost too much and also, I'll just add a third point. It it doesn't really address the problem. It just kind of puts it's basically putting tape over the hull of a ship that was blown up by a rocket. It's not really you're you're trying to address a problem, but you're doing so in such an ineffective way that it's basically not helping at all. And I'm not, I'm sure that you have like a lot of yeah points. So I want to get you uh, to so kind of yes, I understand the
1: wall. Was gonna cost a lot,
0: but like according
1: to Trump, like the the yearly cost incurred by the American people because of illegal immigration is upwards to like two hundred fifty billion dollars, and the president's only asking for around five point seven billion um, billion to like twenty five billion. Which is far less than what Americans pay yearly in costs like welfare, healthcare, and law enforcement related to illegals entering the country and
0: staying. So, what do you what do you think about that? So, I'm going to be pretty uh, politically incorrect here, and I'm going to make uh, the broad assumption that, or well, I'm going to make the statement that a lot of immigrants work. In farms and work in the agricultural parts of uh, America. They help out in picking fruits. They help out in doing labor or jobs that, quite frankly, other people don't want to do. And if we had to pay them legal wages, we would be driving up the price of these fruits and of these items so high that we might not be able to sustain our agricultural economy uh, where it's at. And that's just kind of the argument made from an objective standpoint um, when talking about uh, the cost of immigration. Um, We can talk about the cultural gains we have, too. Immigrants, uh, illegal, legal, add to the culture uh, of our country, and that is a vital part of America. That's what has made us into the country that we are. Yes, I understand that, but I'm all for legal... And I'm not saying that we should open up the border wall and let everyone in. Um, There is a distinction to be made uh, with legal and illegal immigration. The point that Trump makes is that legal immigration is good, or at least that's what some people would interpret him saying, is that we need illegal immigration. But when he talks about legal immigration, he also makes it very, very difficult for some people who don't have the money to come here to get I here. know that I understand that there's some situations where people are very
1: desperate to get out of their situation in their other countries, but the way I see it, just take it's it's like line cutting like people in other parts of the world who don't have the the luxury of just walk hopping over a fence who live in Mexico. Like, like one of my, um, like America's for guy and men and woman may be the legal, the legal immigrants. Like, um, my baseball coach, Juan Polanco, who was from the Dominican Republic and who acquired their visas, scaled, didn't scale any barriers and patiently a- awaited their green card and citizenship ceremonies. Um, he, he. I remember him telling me he spent over $3,000 on his immigration case and waited three and a half years between securing his green card and becoming a citizen. And contrast to those who, who, um, pole vote over, over and tunnel under America's su- southern border, um, Polanco told me, like, um, that he came here legally, waited his turn, and filed all these documents. Um, and despite all people like his, his like invisibility, um, there are more people around the world like him who seek to enter America properly, but are put back even further on the waiting list just because someone crossed our border Ill- illegally, tightening the border security by building a wall will give more people like Juan the ability to come into our great country.
0: So, I mean, when you talk about, I feel like the biggest part of your argument was uh, line cutting. Is that yeah. So when, when we talk about line cutting, um, I think you have to kind of look at it in a more, it's a more complex issue just because these people are running away from gangs. Uh, they're running away from dangers that are on their lives. And I'm not sure that you can put them into a line with other people who can wait longer. There's definitely a case-by-case basis you have to look at it at. And I want to talk about a specific uh, instance where this line-cutting argument has been used. Uh, let's talk about uh, Trump's asylum-seeking policy, which is uh, was recently uh, allowed uh, in the Supreme Court. Um, the Trump administration was allowed to enforce uh, their toughest restrictions yet. And basically what these restrictions are is that when applying for asylum, you have to apply, or through these um, under these regulations, you have to apply for asylum in another country before applying to asylum in the United States. And how that works against people who are coming to our southern border is that if they're coming from dangerous places like Guatemala and they're traveling through Mexico, they can't just apply for asylum in Mexico because one, they can't support them. And two, those countries are still very dangerous for them. And so they come to America with the hope of getting in uh, and the hope of being able to be accepted into a safer place. But then they're caught with this kind of uh, regulation and not allowed in. So I'm not sure that line cutting exactly would be an argument. I, I just don't understand really what, where, what you mean, like if you could just like, you know, explain a bit more. I mean like I think of somebody in like Syria
1: who are who live in really crappy situations and or have literally war civil wars going on around them. So you're you're saying somebody who can just walk over the wall should get in and somebody over there can't. Well and it just puts them further further down
0: I the think, long like period of transition. I think you should be able to accept both. I mean, just accepting one doesn't mutually exclude. Yeah, but one's illegal and one's legal. I guess the term illegal and legal. I'm not sure that can be a defense against denying one and accepting the other, because if you look at the situation and circumstances that people come from, that that kid from Syria is coming from extremely extraneous circumstances where he's like facing. Violence and death and airstrikes, uh, but the kid from Mexico or the kid from Guatemala is facing uh, death threats from terror from a um, um, gang, see, MS-13. So I'm not sure that you can just say that. Oh, just because this guy walked illegally across, that doesn't he gets favor over the other guy. I'm not sure you can compare those two or like mix them in and say that. Oh, you can only take one or the other. You can kind of do both at the same time, right? I mean. It's not up to me <laughs> but like just on the terms of like opinion because this is a and I, I like yeah. conversations that are like uh, in regards to conflict I mean I'm not sure that you can say that you can only take one and not the other right there's no there's no thing that's or uh, no law that's restricting um, or saying that oh we took some kid from Mexico now we can't take that kid from Syria it's more so that building up these kind of hoops you have to jump through to get in. yeah, but it, it takes a lot to get in, for a person to get in. and if
1: once another undocumented person comes into the country, then um, that's already another person who who's going to try to become a citizen and it may and since they're already living in the US, it may um halt somebody else's i don't know i just don't mo- morally
0: getting... morally i just don't see how that's fair so let's talk about it through a moral standpoint cuz um or because when talking about morals and talking about like the way i see it like i feel <laughs>
1: eh, if i was this little syrian refugee boy with the airstrikes going on outside my my front door and I'm reading the news and I'm seeing all all stuff about these illegal immigrants coming into the country, I'd be pretty pissed that I don't have the luxury of...
0: I mean, one thing I will say is, I mean, if you're getting airstrikes <laughs> yeah. in Syria, I'm not sure you're gonna have access to the <laughs> news. But also in regards to the argument that uh, people abroad seeing uh, people come here illegally and being able to stay, uh, The system works through. uh, It doesn't work as, oh, you're illegal and you're here. Well, I guess we can't take anyone else. It's kind of like, oh, you apply, and then a judge sees your case, and then they decide from there. So it's not really like, oh, you know, oh, you're here. So I guess, well, I guess you can just uh, stay. But uh, in regards to morals, um, how do you. See illegal immigration as kind of morally wrong. Like, what aspect of it? The way I see it, it's
1: kind of just like breaking the law. The law, and um, I think I think our country should be more accessible to places like Mexico, and like advocating for more legal immigration and being more lenient with them, and ha- and having us be there to help them and contribute to our economy. We we don't want people who aren't going to... Do anything. Yeah, and just play waste to this welfare system that, is, that so many other people
0: take advantage of. Well, t- in regards to the welfare system and <laughs> with uh, uh, illegal immigrants using it, um, a lot of illegal immigrants um, pay taxes. Now, they not, may not pay income tax, but they do pay tax on items they get. And they do work a lot, but in regards to, uh, in regards to your statement that um, they or they who don't contribute shouldn't come here, are you talking about people who just come here for benefits? Is that yeah. what you mean? I mean, I, and I don't.
1: Like the little, the little kids and I I see I think we should keep
0: them here. It's not their fault that they're here. I'm glad you brought up the little kids because I do want to talk about uh, detention centers and I do want to talk about. I think the, the child stuff that happens there
1: are terrible.
0: Yeah, um, and um, the, the, uh, let me before we get into this um, debate, let me just say that uh, objectively. Uh, these things that are being done at the border, separate in regards to separating kids from parents, objectively, that's wrong. You can't just separate a kid from their parents uh, on the basis of, oh, their parents came here illegally, so let's send them back but keep the kids. It doesn't seem like it is morally right. and it doesn't seem like the American thing to do. I mean, it isn't morally right, but I don't know like. It's not. It's not their fault. Their parents yeah, came here. It isn't their fault, but they shouldn't be separated from their parents. I mean, if you're going to do detention centers, and mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not advocating for detention centers, but if you are going to do detention centers, you should keep the parents with the kids, because there's so much trauma, and there's so much, and In terms of separation and a uh, losing family, and the conditions there are terrible. You see, uh, I've uh, I've heard stories of. Uh, I think. Uh, multiple children dying in detention centers. So the conditions there is that that real? Yeah. So um, two so far, two have been confirmed to die or have died and um, it honestly I just don't see how it's a morally good thing at all. And so um, Matt, I know that the biggest thing that... I know this for a fact. The thing we might disagree on is the wall. And so I want to kind of just jump right into talking about the border wall and what you think about it. Build, build that thing as high as possible so
1: nobody can get past it.
0: Really? Yeah, that's, my,
1: that's my stance. Can you explain, like, why do you think the border wall is, like, the best thing ever? Um, I just think for national security measures... And to help like surrounding areas, like it it would help reduce a lot of violence in sanctuary cities around the wall, because they have some of the highest crime rates in the world. You have people. This is true. You have people just going across the water border from Mexico, going into like a sanctuary city, robbing like
0: houses and stuff, and driving right back over. Over- so you think it's kind of like the mongolians coming to china and <laughs> yeah. raiding. I mean um and there's
1: just a lot of I mean we have a big drug issue in this country and a lot of that comes across the border illegally. So so you think a wall would kind of yeah because you got while some s- some drug smugglers are caught trying to enter at a port of entry, and many simply just, like, walk or drive across where there isn't a barrier. And, like, fact um, has said that there are more than 10,000 MS-13 members across the U.S., and their motto, their motto is to kill, rape, and control. And um, law enforcement have indicted MS-13 members in the U.S. for crimes like murder Assaults, arson, and other things, and I think the goal of the wall is to decrease the number of dangerous criminals, including gang members and drug gun and human traffickers, from entering the country undocumented to continue like their business
0: okay, so before I, I want to talk about all these points um but what's about the China, the wall of China because I mentioned I mentioned how the Mongolian raiders (laughs) enter China and you kind of sense something similar on how people are coming from Mexico and burning cities down. I don't think they're burning cities
1: down. I'm not, not all the illegal immigrants are bad. Yeah. But but, there's always a chance
0: of like terrible people. Okay. But the chance thing is that's another argument. But I, but, um, in regards to people coming across the border and, um, looting cities and going back, um, the wall of China was a failure because the Mongolians still like went over it. And also, um, I mean, okay, let's just talk very simply. Um, you can also kind of go around the wall. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, I know. And also, uh, but some can, people just
1: don't have the resources
0: to do that. Um, the people who have the resources and the people who don't have the resources, I think are two groups of people. I think we're getting confused. Because drug dealers have the resources right. to get a boat, because they they get a lot of money from drugs like cocaine, crack. Um, they have, yeah, like, but they,
1: we're talking about like the people going across these board. These guys are like they do the gru- they do
0: like the grunt work. Like they're and, not at the top of the. But I think that they would have like their boss would be like, okay, there's a wall here, uh, you know, you, you're not going to be able to just go yeah, under <laughs> it. Yeah, here's a shovel, something like that. But um, I would be careful in saying that uh, people are coming across the border. Like I just want to talk about that. In I mean, particular. Me-
1: yeah, Mexican drug cartels taken between like 19 billion and 29 billion dollars annually
0: from yeah. drug sales in just in the U.S. alone. Okay, and in regards to your point about uh, the drugs, drugs streaming across the border. I could go on for hours about the drug crisis in America, but just talking about drugs and the border, while I do believe we need to stop drugs coming in, again, it's our people that are consuming it. Yeah, Um, we're
1: feeding into
0: it, but we got to try to find a way to prevent
1: it happening, and I think a solution could be the wall.
0: I, I just don't see how building a border wall would stop drug... Uh, drug cartels are uh, people coming across, like I don't think that when they see the wall, they're gonna be like, "Oh well, I guess we can't do it now," just because. Although it might sound like an end-all or be-all end-all solution, a border wall, I don't think yeah, would deter a, them. The
1: border wall will will allow like freaking um, border patrol and border protection agents to staff and the designated ports of entry so like the process is more quickly and effectively to those like
0: in stopping the drug flow so border patrol agents have a lot of different means of protecting the border and a lot of them actually say a lot of them want a wall well a lot of them also say that they need more funding, but they don't need funding for a wall. And what they need funding for is, like, I don't want to say drones because the word drones implies, like, you know, bombing people. But, but um, it's more sophisticated technology than a wall just because a wall itself doesn't do anything. And although it might compartmentalize different portions of America and serve as a physical reminder of the border – it doesn't really prevent anyone from scaling it or moving across or moving uh, around it or going under. So how would you, what would, what makes you think that a wall will stop people from
1: coming? I mean, nowhere has this case been more compelling than for like something like a double, double layered security style fence that Trump wants. Israel's wall. Palestine. Yeah. And like Between 2000 and 2005, suicide bombers were infiltrating Israel on, like, a daily basis. 1,000 Israelis were killed and countless thousands were wounded, which would be, for us, the equivalent to, like, 420,000 and hundreds of thousands, 42,000 deaths and, like, hundreds of thousands wounded in America if, like, extrapolated extrapolated for the population size, and for them, like, the situation was desperate until they built a wall, and after construction of a fence similar to what was recently done in San Diego, um, suicide attacks um, went down by terrorists and declined well over
0: 90%. So, So with statistics, I mean, I'm not going to refute that suicide bombings in Israel have decreased but i will say that the geography of israel very is very very yeah and also that it's very different israel is a very small country palestine is a very small piece of land yeah, our and is are, like, yeah 13 times longer yeah and so while it doesn't seem viable uh and because it seems unviable it seems like it would be ineffective because It's easy to say we'll have a wall, but it's pretty difficult to say we'll stop people from coming across. Uh, So you believe that this example kind of illustrates how wall would be effective, right? Like how we could, so are you proposing that we um, have a double-fenced wall at the border? Um, I guess I'm just trying to understand uh, the policy a bit more. you say, or your point is that we need a wall and that the wall needs to encompass the entirety of the border or wherever it's possible to have a wall. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that if there are any other factors that may have played into the whole Israel Palestine thing, because again, that's a very complex situation, and I don't want to talk about Israel Palestine. Yes, right. Yeah, Yeah. right now. I know that's very uh, contentious. Maybe we'll have that as another topic. Yeah. But um, there, there has to have been some other circumstances surrounding the decline in suicide bombings other than the wall. I'm not so sure that the wall itself prevented people from... It definitely played a factor, though. Probably a factor, but numerous wars have been fought in the Israel-Palestine region and time and time again israel has uh, beaten palestine pretty uh, effectively uh, or in a timely manner and following each of these things, following each of these wars there's uh, you know usually there's like a peace accord there's a time of peace and right now we're in a time of peace uh, hopefully right now. Uh, yeah right now um, and so i'm just not sure how that would apply To America, because we're not talking about suicide bombers. That's like a whole different mindset, the mindset of suicide bomber. We're talking about okay, on one hand, we're talking about drug dealers who are looking to make money. And that's, you know, they they are determined to do that in a different way from suicide bombers. And we're talking about people who have who are, are trying to seek asylum in the United States, whether you think for nefarious purposes or for protecting their family. They're seeking asylum. And so, although it might deter a suicide bomber, um, I'm not sure if that would deter those two groups of people. Like, just because their mindsets are completely different. The reason they came here was a completely different thing. Um, in regards to examples of a wall working and not working, uh, again, I brought up the example of the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Now, that is that has been the largest wall ever made, and it didn't work. It didn't keep the Mongols out. If we're talking about security, um, and I know this is like thousands of years ago, or like hundreds of years ago, a long time ago, Um, and so the example might not be befitting uh, exactly, but I mean, looking at walls in terms of the scale of a wall and what's comparable in size, we see that the Great Wall of China didn't really or wasn't effective. And so I'm not sure if comparing Israel and America, or at least geographically speaking, is as accurate. but um, in regards to in regards to the wall, uh, your argument about drugs coming in, could you talk about why the drugs would stop? I mean, I
1: think we should at least attempt to to build a wall and see if that, like, helps it at all. I mean, we have a huge heroin epidemic here, and, like, 98% of that comes from Mexico across the border. So,
0: so we should stop drugs from coming across the border through the border wall, or, like, like- Try anything, basically. Yeah. Um, now, the border wall itself is going to cost a lot of money. And uh, Trump lowballs it and other people highball it. So there isn't really... We don't really know how much. Yeah. Um, all we can assume is that it's going to be very, very, very expensive. Um, and is it really worth spending that much money if we can do other things like maybe preventative care uh, mental health in america is a huge issue and drugs and mental health are pretty re- are related in a pretty strong way um, is there a better way to address it other than let's well, say, i
1: just think like with a wall uh, you won't be able to, you won't have to focus on the actual border as much and you can focus on the legal points of entry where a lot of it actually occurs and I don't I don't know like what do you I mean what do you think about that like us being able to focus on other points with a secure
0: border my biggest thing is that drug dealers drug cartels they always find a way they always find a way and if we can work at cutting off their consumer base we can work to kind of cut off them. If we can work to help people who have have problems with addiction, work with them to get better, stop the flow of drugs in the United States, we can stop these people from being able to, not being able to, but being able to find a successful market for their drugs. And also, it's a problem of instability in other countries. South American countries are in a very terrible spot right now if you look at Nicaragua, Ecuador, Guatemala, they're not really doing as well. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's a whole another rabbit hole to go kind on, of socialism and all that. But socialism's bad. <laughs> socialism is bad. Um, but going to your point about drugs If we can work with South American governments to stabilize their country and work with them, cooperate with them, uh, that would probably be a more effective way of solving the problem than just building a wall. Because then you're kind of shutting out what's happening on the other side. And once you do that, things start to build up. And usually these things come to bite you in the butt. Um, Whether it be... uh, maybe more drugs will start to flow or maybe different parts of entry will be utilized. Um, these things I don't have concrete statistics on but usually when you try to isolate yourselves or when you try to isolate yourself things don't really turn out very well and my point is just that instead of building a wall maybe we could direct those funds to helping those countries I mean, Gain back power from gangs is kind of what I'm coming from. I'm, like, I think we should worry about us and fixing us first. And I'm not saying that we completely forget that. But through helping these other countries, we can kind of help ourselves. So when we see these drug dealers in these countries, they basically have power... Where they are to do whatever they want, and what I'm saying is that if yeah, we can address the cost of lives of soldiers, American, yeah, soldiers coming in, and I think there are other ways of dealing with the drug crisis in other countries or assisting other countries at least without using soldiers. Um, a lot of money can go through them. Um, diplomacy again is a very effective tool that I believe is very underutilized. Uh, we can. Uh, I'm not saying we can go and say, hey, let's sign a treaty with the gangs. That's not really, they're going to blow your head off when you come within a hundred foot radius of them. But being able to fund their military of other countries or of other governments and being able to um, assist diplomatically rather than with troops on the ground might be an effective strategy. Um, In regards to the the drug (laughs) crisis, and with helping, that's just where I'm coming from. I'm not sure. Yeah, like if you, what I do you think, think?
1: Like we need to
0: it, a lot of the drug problem is
1: a mental issue, and um, we are to blame for some of that. But it's it would be very hard and a lot a lot of time and money to put into us before we can help someone else.
0: But the United States, um, and I know we both agreed on this, the United States was build, built by immigrants. And so um, you, I'm pretty sure you're uh, familiar with uh, a poem uh, written by uh, Emma Lazarus, whether you know her name or not, um, that is on the Statue of Liberty. And um, to give kind of a short excerpt of uh, a quote that is on the Statue of Liberty uh, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest tossed, to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And so the next segment, or the next portion I'm gonna talk about is American values and are we are we circumventing American values by uh, or through the restrictions we see on immigration? are we becoming more or are we are we circumventing or are we going around our morals in the name of, Security. Are we giving up on these values that are American in order to uh, to get a, a grapple with, or not a grapple with, but to um, control immigration? Are we sacrificing
1: our values? I mean, before I, I start, i like to say like I come from a family of immigrants. Yes. Um, my grandparents from Sicily, Italy and they came here with nothing, legally, and they worked their asses off to, to make something of themselves and help our family. They came, they settled in Staten Island, New York, that's where I'm from, and um, they're, they're examples of the American dream and how it can be achieved
0: legally. Um, what, what, what did you ask again? So I'm saying, are we, I know that you're for legal immigration, but they're not accepting these people that are coming across the border and making them wait their turn. Are we sacrificing our values? I mean, the way I see it, like,
1: I think I might be a little, little out there, but I think 9-11 changed everything and how we have to take
0: in regards well, to immigration in, in,
1: in relation to national security and it changed everything like the airports are different now and and those people were american citizens and i i think that changed a lot of people's views
0: in regards to security
1: yes and and immigration like these are these these people we let them in legally
0: and with what they did. It's kind of fear mongering though. Because just because two people carried out a heinous act doesn't mean that oh these people did it worth other people. I know, we we it. have our we have our own homegrown Yeah. I mean terrorists too. Yeah, the Oklahoma City bombers. Yeah. Um, is an example of someone who is a homegrown terrorist. We see this Charleston murders, yeah. the church killings, that's another example. So you're saying that we should act in the name of security, right? Is that like, um, those aren't, would you say that those are mutually exclusive or how do you work to balance security and have, or to uphold these American values of accepting or being an accepting country? I mean, I, I see that we're, we're kind of going away
1: from being ups- accepting and liking new people come in I know a lot of people who just don't who just want to keep it the way it is and they think we're going in the wrong direction yeah in the wrong direction and I think we need to we need to stop that and be more accepting yeah but I I often like I go back
0: and forth between that and national security. It's a difficult tightrope tight rope to walk, right? Uh, defend, uh, defending your country and being accepting at the same time, and I do I agree with that. I feel like we are moving towards an age where we are becoming less and less accepting, which um, isn't good, isn't a good thing. Um, in the name of security, or in the name of security, we become more uh, isolated and isolationist. In terms of, oh, we don't want anyone else coming here. And I personally, I don't have an easy solution. Uh, No one does, but it's definitely a difficult um, thing to balance, right? Being secure and wanting immigration. And wanting immigration and wanting people to come here. Um, And because we can't just like let them come here, yeah. and like not know who they are. Yeah, and i I don't think we're doing that. I don't think we are currently just letting anyone across the border, or letting anyone into our country without vetting them. Uh, extremely. Right now we have uh we have a lottery system. We have H one B visas. Uh, it's not very easy in terms of settling here from another country. Of course, that comes with its whole new set of challenges and your grandparents probably faced yeah. those sets of challenges. They, they faced a lot of um, discrimination and like people forget like
1: Italians used to be a minority and they were called
0: guidos and yeah they were called terrible names and my parents um, came here from India in the 90s uh, very very recently for comparatively speaking mm-hmm. um, and they came here and they worked very hard and um, they were able to build up a family, and uh, we're here in Washington, Connecticut right now. But um, and that comes back to like the American dream, right? Being able to come here yeah. and uh, and basically that just comes back to my question: Are we sacrificing the American dream for security? Uh, do you think there's a way to balance both of them, and how do uh, we balance? Uh,
1: there's, there's, I don't think there's a right answer because. You can say you're going to do a bunch of stuff. And then actually doing it. Actually doing it and being effective is a completely different thing.
0: That that is a good point. So I feel like the conclusion we came to is that this is a topic that has no easy solution and it has no solution that would be infinite and final as we talk about the changing times but we did talk about our morals and whether we should accept people or not and whether we should be a secure country or not and I think we can agree that we need to be a secure country but we also need to be accepting of others and we talked about how we're kind of turning away from that and how we need to Go back and rethink who we are. But as you mentioned, saying a lot of things or just talking about our morals or or high values is one thing. But then doing things is another thing that hasn't really been done for a long time in this country. (laughs) Uh, Are we heading in the right direction? I don't think so. No, yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I would have to agree that we aren't heading in the right direction in terms of immigration, just because. I
1: mean, you got an extremely polarizing figure sitting you know, in the in the White House, and
0: everyone's thinking about one dimensionally. So it's you know either oh, there's one side that's talking, and then there's another side that's talking, and they cannot find common ground. Uh, a lot of times, this issue has been turned into a black and white.
1: Yeah, and some some people like I know some people who, who their stance is just based
0: on what their party thinks. thinks And they're like, "Oh, I'm just going to be like that." And there's a lot of people in the middle who yeah. have no idea what's going on, and educating them is it's difficult. We don't really teach civics in school. We don't really yeah. have many. As a, c- yeah, as a country, we've grown
1: like we've lost some of the ability to have. Conversations about
0: controversial and important issues. Yeah, in our country, without these conversations, you can't really move forward, can you? No. So without conflict,
1: one side you got you got the the, the liberals, the super super li- the ultra liberals, who um, who won't listen to anything else, and at the same time you got the far right who. Yeah
0: who are just completely racist. The alt-right. Yeah. And so there's definitely a large majority of people who just are kind of disinterested in politics, who don't want to become involved because it's such a polarizing thing, which I think is wrong. It's such an important thing to get involved in. How It you're affects gonna... the way we live. Yeah, it, it does uh, directly. And so my next question is, how does this affect us? Why should we care about immigration? Um, I think it it
1: affects our day-to-day interactions and how, and, I don't know, like, it, it affects
0: us financially. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the agricultural sector yeah. and how a lot of illegal immigrants contribute to that. I mean, without them, we'd probably be going down the tankers right now.
1: It, it affects us
0: good and bad at the same
1: time. Yeah. Like we pay a ton of money because of Illegal immigrants and like, um, like with with m- more focus on immigration, like there will be less immigration hearings, which costs money, less school, hospital, medical costs, and less welfare recipients. And and they it might save some. This is, this is an odd way to take it, but it might save some men and women from dying in the desert. Because if they, if they know there's a wall, they won't start that journey. And a lot of people on their journeys, a lot of kids are raped. And, and there's some terrible things that happens on the way
0: for people looking for a better life in America. And so you think we can prevent bad things from happening, or these terrible things in particular from happening if we address the issue? Yes. Um, While I disagree with a lot of what you said, what I can say from my perspective is that immigration affects us. I mean, we agreed on um, economically speaking. Yes. Uh, But I have to say culturally as well, I I brought this up time and time and time again on this podcast, but we are a country of immigrants, and I cannot stress how important that identity is to America. Um, anecdotally speaking, uh, if you go to China, and yeah, if you, they are. Yeah, they, and they hate different people. Yeah, and it's a homogenous society. There's no one that is. And they're making
1: Muslims. uh They're putting the Uyghurs alcohol.
0: Yeah, the Uyghurs in the detention camps, and it's and it's crazy. And so you look at many different countries, and they're mostly homogenous. They have one. Yeah, and us, we we have a multi-faceted identity. And there's so many different parts to it that play a role in who we are that if we, at this very critical moment for a lot of people, give up on those values in the name of national security, we'd be betraying our values. We'd be betraying what makes us American.
1: Yeah, we were kind of like the first...
0: Place to And the Quakers came here because they were being... Were religiously persecuted. Yeah, by the British. And we were founded by exiles. How can we say and turn to these exiles that are coming from their country and say, no, you can't come in, uh, when our very foundation is that, uh, running away in search of freedom? I'm not saying n- everybody...
1: No, you can't.
0: Yeah, no, I know know
1: that. If you're going to contribute and make this country and sustain what makes it so great and contribute to our society, I don't want somebody who... I think we need to take a look at each person individually who seeks to come into our country and look at their, I mean, a lot it happens already, but I
0: think we need to take a deeper look into who's coming. Yeah. Um, I mean, I be cautious with like placing these, um, hoops for people to jump through just because they favor rich people. Um, over people. Yeah, who need to get more. Yeah. Money, money talks and bullshit talks. walks. <laughs> and, but I'm just, I guess I'm making a more of a general statement when I say that, I mean, of course it's a very polarizing issue and there are very two different sides to it. But from my position, uh, it's an important issue to talk about because it affects us economically, culturally, and, uh, socially. It, it yeah. kind of defines who we are as Americans. And if we don't have a conversation about it, then what gives? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I mean, I know it's a Friday. um, and, uh, Friday night at the school. And, you know, we have a lot of better things we could be doing right now, but I'd like to thank Matt Chidi for coming on and, um, everyone who's been listening, thank you for uh, your support. Uh, thank you for listening to Why Politics and this is aryuj and, uh, good night.